With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are ten for ten dollars with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is twenty cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to twenty-five gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Ben uh, Standick here. Uh, Todd Dibus and I, our pal Todd with the Washington Times, we recorded a podcast before the Wizards game Monday night against the team from the Chinese Basketball Association. We did that because there was a lot going on Monday night uh, after the game. So I wanted to get in a podcast, but I knew we wouldn't have time to really go into this game. And, then, of course, we know John Wall. Bradley Beal didn't play that much, so there wasn't a ton to get into it. Yeah, well, I don't, let me back that up. There were things to discuss, of course, but we can do, we'll, we'll discuss it more as the week goes on. We've got a gap between their next game on Friday. So more, more to come, but the Wizards did win. Jody Meeks had a nice game shooting and, uh, you know, they had a lot of guys scoring double figures. So more to come on this. But as I said, Todd Dibus and I recorded a podcast before our first chance to talk with Todd, uh, basically, uh, since the, the summer. Uh, so, uh, lots, lots here, but we'll get into more about what happened in the, in the Monday night game as the week goes on. So here we go. My, I, myself, Todd Divis, talking wizards on the, here on the Locked On Wizards podcast. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Standing here with you for another edition of the Lockdown Wizards podcast. I dragged in some help in the form of Mr. Beef and, uh, no, wait, Beef and Brad himself, Todd Dibus. Uh, he officially prefers to be, uh, say that he's a, he writes for the Washington Times. I like to view him as our official Beef and Bread, uh, uh, liaison, even though we connoisseur. Are, oh yeah, connoisseur is a better better term. Um, yeah, we need. To, I, I legitimately, if I do nothing else this season, I got to get them as a specific sponsor, even if it's just for you. Like, yeah, you, yeah. I don't care about it for me, just for you. I think that would be uh, that that would be key. I can cover the sandwiches. I I need them to sponsor the milkshakes. <laughs> those, those are expensive in there, but I have not. Um, I've, I've heard they're delicious. I, I have not. I have not had those yet. I typically, when we're at a Wizards, I typically gorge on the. Bad food here that mm-hmm. they have in the media room, and don't go outside for that. But uh, milkshake, all right. Is it? And I just said that their milkshakes are typically delicious. It's unclear when I think about it if I've had a bad milkshake in my life, considering the ingredients and the low difficulty of producing said milkshake. It's a fair point. You can't, it's not like you can burn it, right? And <laughs> and uh, yeah, unless you're just putting in like in you know, a random like kale or something. Even, and to be honest, like I've even had that where I've been on some health kick, and this is a terrible way to start this podcast. This is we'll, fascinating. Well, we're going to get Todd's take on the on the the, the, lead, the the training camp, the preseason leading up to everything. Uh, we'll get to all that in one second. Uh, I did the thing where I was taking all the like spinach and kale and bananas and blueberries and threw it all into a blender. Even that wasn't terrible. You had to have you had to have a, a sort of sixty forty fruit 
Right. But even right. that wasn't awful. So yeah, it's pretty you hard. Still to... some sugar in there because mm. of the fruit. I didn't do that because. Well, yeah, oh, from the fruit. Naturally, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's if you, basically, if you puree anything, it, you can choke it down. Yeah. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, hopefully you guys are choking down. They're not choking down. Is it, I don't know how to say this. Not choking down this. <laughs> Just move on, maybe. <laughs> All right. So we're talking. I mean, typically you guys here, especially with Todd, we're talking to you guys after a game. We're actually doing this one before the Wizards are playing. The uh, I'm not going to even try to say this the, the name of the team, but the Long, the Lions, Long Lions from the Chinese <laughs> Basketball Association. Uh, basically, just as a timing thing the, of, of how it's going to work for me. Uh, so we're just going to talk a little bit pregame, and the reality is we already found out no John Wall tonight. Scott Brooks said the starters will only play sort of like ten minutes or so each. It's going to be a lot of the the, the second unit getting run. Thomas Sadoransky starting. Jason Smith is in there from Arkeith Morris. There's no Tim Frazier also. No Devin Robinson. So, you know, we're going to get a lot of Sadoransky. You get a lot of, uh, I, I guess, Jan Mahimi, uh, Kelly Oubre, for sure. And then, of course, Sheldon Mack, Oshefu, and so on. So uh, we'll talk about that as the, uh, later. But right now we're going to look sort of more, more bigger picture here because we haven't had Todd on since uh, who knows when. It's been a minute. <laughs> uh, so first and foremost, I guess, uh, you know, you, you were down in Richmond as well. Uh, you, you think about this team, you write about this team. What are the things that are on your brain? What, what's the thing for you as you're getting ready? The season starts in like four, 16 days, I think. Yeah. What, what, what's, I mean, what, what's the, what's the one thing for you at this point that you're like, that, that, that sort of, uh, is, is of mind when you think of this team? It's the same thing as last year. It's the same thing as the year before, but in particular last year, it's, is there going to be a competent backup point guard? discovered at some point to uh, give John Wall a breather um, and not, I mean, last year was a basically a fiasco at that position, especially the Brandon Jennings era of it. I don't think we've established a proper word. Like, fiasco's harsh. I don't even think it was that good. <laughs> I mean, when the head coach says that the backup point guard isn't a point guard, which, which is what he said about Trey Burke, like, literally, they didn't have one, and then... You know, I wasn't as harsh on Jennings as you, but like he certainly in the playoffs was no good. Like it was, well, we he got eighteen percent in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Yeah, no, it was, it was. That's not, amazing. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't good. And couldn't guard anyone. I, I've said this before, and I've been I, look. I, I was somebody who thought Eric Maynard was going to work out, and that mm-hmm. was a disaster. Uh, I, I, I'm in on Tim Frazier. I, I, I've always liked his game. I, now that he's been around the team, I really like his demeanor. Had him. I guess I could also read on the demeanor for sure. I can also say if you missed it, I I posted a one on one with Tim Frazier uh, on Monday. Well, I guess it's technically I put up Sunday, but essentially on Monday's podcast, you can find that of course on iTunes or anywhere else you do your podcasting. And I should also say if you want to hit, hit us up on Twitter, it's at Ben Standing at Todd underscore Dibus, uh, or you can email me bstandig one at gmail dot com. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a believer in Tim Frazier. In fact, if they need John Wall to go anywhere this season. There's no let's not pretend when I say what I'm about to say otherwise. But I think if John Wall was out five games, I, I think they can get by with Tim Frazier. It's a different type of player. You will miss John Wall, of course, but I think you can get to get by. Whereas like there's some other guys in the starting lineup. I don't know. Like we'll see what happens at power forward of that Marquise Morris. They don't have an obvious replacement. But I think <clears> Tim <throat> Frazier is a guy who's a maybe he's not a true starting point guard in this league, but he's a good fill in. So I, I, I believe, but. Well, I mean, One thing that was wrong. interesting to me about him was looking at how much more of a workload he had last season than he had had in his previous stops. Um, that was by far the most he's played. He's never, 
unfortunately going off the top of my head here. I want to say he has not played more than 53 games in an NBA season. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how long he lasts. And the other thing, too, uh, I've, I've, I've gotten on the bandwagon with our friend Liddell's place, uh, and I don't understand why Sadoransky is not just playing point guard. It's not point guard, point guard, point guard. I mean, if, if you have a lineup where you just want to slide them over and have three ball handlers, then so be it. Um, but to have him kind of continue to waffle, and it seems like that's what Scott Brooks wants him to do, is continue to waffle. He just spent the whole summer playing point guard with the national team. Like, I, I saw him and I we were chatting after media day, and I, and I asked him, you know, I alluded to the thought, even the thought of him not playing point guard for them, and he laughed. So I'm, I'm, I find it strange that they're not doing that here. Um, and I understand the versatility, especially with the league that is the way it is now, it is a, a great thing to have. But um, you know, it's I, his I, second year, he's way bigger than Tim Frazier. If Tim Frazier is six one, then I'm like six ten. Because there is no way he is six one. Because I'm supposed to be six one. The doctor told me I'm six one, and then I stand in front of Tim Frazier, <laughs> and my eyes are like over his head. Yeah. Now that you say that, I didn't feel like I was having to look up to him, and I'm not exactly six one. No. Not not, not on a good day, even. Uh, I'm look. I mean, I'm with you on the Sadoransky thing. I mean, I know Liddell's place uh, gets all the hype on the Sado fan club, but like I've I think been, he's running for office over there um, the next cycle. That would be and fantastic. he's going to win in the landslide. That would be fantastic. Like 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 if he can legitimately get like his like picture in the paper, <laughs> like an actual thing, that would be amazing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've been like waiting for Sado to show up. He comes last year, and look, you expected some amount of adjustment. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised that his shot was off. I'm not surprised that defensively he struggled against quicker NBA players. Okay, but it's year two. And to your point, like, you don't want – let somebody establish themselves in one area before you throw them out to six. Now, that's assuming that you think that they can do the one thing. Because if some guys are just like, look, like, you're not really, like, that guy. Like, Garrett Temple was a guy who's played point guard in this league, mm-hmm. but they didn't really ever try to establish him as being a point guard. He just was like, hey, guy, he can do stuff – Stuff. Right. It almost feels like with Sadoransky, just based on how they've handled the point guard, they're like, okay, look, we basically only have like 10 minutes a game behind John to play. So what are we doing with those 10 minutes? Like, okay, he's not good enough to be that guy for the 10 minutes. So we have to go get somebody else. But if he still wants to play, then what do we do? If we just have him as a point guard, then he's never going to play. So we need him to figure out how to get on the court in other ways. So I, I think that's the dilemma that they're in. But I'm, I mean... I, I think that's fair to a degree. Uh, I you know, and also if if you have him as the quote unquote three at the same time Frazier is on the floor, then you have you know some some extra ball handling out there, not just the the straight backup point guard handling the ball all the time, you know, off a miss or whatever it may be. Obviously, you pretty much want the same guy getting you into your stuff, you know, when John's off the floor. So, yeah, I I, I like Tim Frazier, like you, personality, smart guy. Quick-witted guy, uh, guy who's already, you know, has some friendships here, including John Wall in particular, uh, before coming here. He's also small. You looked up the what, – what was his – how many games did he play last year? He played 65 last year, and before that he had only played – he played less than that previously. Yeah, and he only made 35 starts. So 
it's that's not a major workload. No, right. I, someone. I guess he's somebody that I've been paying attention to since Penn State, and I and and I'm I, I can't remember if he was straight into the D League maybe before. So it, in my head, it feels like he's played a lot more, but he's only played 127 NBA games. Right. But I just know he had a really good year last year. Um, and you know, we'll see. I mean, look, obviously it's going to be key, and obviously part of the key for that is also going to be. Jody Meeks, because as bad as the backup point guard spot was last year, I mean, literally they didn't have a backup two guard last year. They sh- they, they shoehorned in Bogdanovich or Otto to those minutes when Beal would sit, but uh, or once they realized that Marcus Thornton shouldn't play, so now at least with Meeks they have an actual two guard. Of course, the question with him, if we discussed plenty, is can he stay healthy? He so far so good, but uh, you know we'll, the question we'll for me about him is can he guard anyone? So I'm I'm still going to be riding the Sheldon Mack. Train or I guess driving the Sheldon Mac train here. Um, you know, just good size, good athleticism, good edge. Uh, certainly not the shooter that Jody Meeks, uh, healthy Jody Meeks is, but can can he get into someone? You know, I mean, there are going to be times where they're going to put. You you can see them putting Jody Meeks on the floor with Wall and Beal, and then and then what are you kind of doing with him? You know, if you really want another shooter out there, who who is he guarding? Or if you know anything happens to Brad, then Jody Meeks is guarding starting shooting guards I for an extended period. I guess I didn't get the sense that he was like a total liability, but no. I guess the difference from being a plus and not being awful. Right. So yeah, no, it's, it's I mean, uh, we've seen we've seen them try to bring in numerous guys in the last few years. Who can shoot? Because obviously, spacing the floor with the core group that you have is a logical maneuver, right? The Gary Neal and et cetera, et cetera. But they can't guard anybody, um, you know. And I also wonder if you're keeping Sheldon Mack around, then it, I mean, are you keeping him around to be the 11th person on your roster the entire time, or are you actually going to deploy this guy at some point and see what you got? So, no, I feel like tonight against the Long Lions. It's an excellent first time to give Sheldon Mack a lot of run out there and see what's happening. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, just to uh, get at least some, I don't know if this really counts as news, but at least something out of today being here, Scott Brooks talked pregame, and among the questions he was asked involved sort of the end of the bench guys. He was asked a little, a little bit about Donald Sloan, uh, a guy who realistically shouldn't be viewed as a, somebody who's going to be on this team for the opening night. But Scott Brooks talked him up, said he's, you know, Good player, likes his competitiveness, things like that. But he said he has a legitimate chance to make the team. And I've been told the other day down when I was at Richmond that the idea of that the 15 spots are locked is probably premature. Uh, I think – so I'll, I'll lay out the scenarios. You tell me which one. I was going to say, which of the 15 are we going to say are not locked? I would, it would seem like 13 of those are locked, right? Uh, 13 are locked because they have guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. That includes Chris McCullough and don't – I don't know if you're excited about Chris McCullough. I would say pump the brakes on that one. But anyway, um, you know, he's got the athleticism, but it's not there right now. Uh, so Sheldon, uh, Sheldon Mack and Daniel Lachef who have small guarantees, mm-hmm. so they could easily be, be moved. Then you've got Donald Sloan. Then you've got Carrick Felix. You also have the idea that they don't have to keep anybody. They could, or I should say they can keep one spot open. Right. And that was an idea that was, I was told is still in play. And I asked Brooks pregame about the fact that Okay, well, last year you kept three rookies, the O'Shefu, Mack, and House, because you didn't, and there was no such thing as a two-way player. Well, now you have the two-way player. By the way, Sports also said said that Michael Young has looked really good. Maybe he makes the team. So you, so you, the fact that you have those two guys does that give a guy like Sloan more of a chance, or Carrick Felix 
a chance that maybe a year ago you wouldn't have had where they seemingly went for that they went it made their own minor league system without it so there's lots of scenarios but I mean what stands out to you if I tell you you got to pick the 15th player is it Mac is it Oshefu is it uh, Donald Sloan is it Felix is it Michael Young is it keep nobody for me the I think the the first person I would eliminate from that pool is Oshefu because I don't see what, what is the point of having him strictly based on position if, if you think if Mahimi is healthy. Like, you're already bogged down with two true centers in a league that doesn't want to use true centers anymore. And so you want another, a third true center? It, it, at least in the limited, like when 25% I watch. 25% of your roster would be true centers. Totally agree. At least true. when I watch him in shoot around and things like that. Makes three. He, 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 does, time, he yeah, does go outside. Absolutely. He does. It, whether he could do that in an actual NBA game. Right. D- distinctly different. For me, Chris McCullough, I have large concerns about what he can do on the floor in an actual game. Um, um, I would say he strikes me as a coming-off-the-bus type versus someone who gets it done when the ball is tossed up. So uh, we'll see. if he, when he His fate's going to be interesting because he, he is the last referendum on the Bogdanovich deal, which is already looking worse and worse, right? So if they get nothing out of McCullough then all you got was the Bogdanovich rental, and it cost you a first-round pick. You had to dump Nicholson's contract. Go get him in China, Andrew. Um, and, uh, you know, and you got McCullough back. I would, how much money? And, now, would, and nobody's going to be here at the start of the next season, quite possibly. But, but wait, hold on. The, 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 the long lines, the, the player that they have that we all know is Tyler Hansbrough. Mm-hmm. How much money would you donate to have that player, instead of being Tyler Hansbrough, be Andrew Nicholson? It, that would be hysterical this evening to see that. All I know is that Tyler Hansbrough and Jason Smith are probably going to engage each other at some point tonight, and it's going to be like rock and sock and robots. Um, I expect some blood to be drawn. Maybe some comments, the style of Drago, you know, and the well, whole the whole thing could be a preseason disaster, and it's going to be fantastic. You are the unofficial boxing analyst for the Lockdown Wizards podcast, so if it comes to that, we may have to have you back on later to give the blow. Yeah, by we'll blow. be scoring Jason Smith, Tyler Hansborough on the ten point must system. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like Donald Sloan, I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't be in the league, or whatever. Uh, but you know, if you if we're like we both are doing viewing Sadoransky as a point guard, well, that he's the fourth point guard, and at some point that just becomes too much, especially when the number one point guard is going to play all your minutes. Mm-hmm. So that just seems too much. Um, even if Michael Young is great, I just don't get why would you? What would be the point of him sitting on the bench? You might as well just stay as the two way guy. Agree. You already yes. you already went down this route. By the by the way, on the Devin Robinson thing. I mean, you tell me if I missed this. We, I know he was dealing with a foot injury. Right. They've got a list here, stress fracture of left foot. Doesn't that sound more severe than what I what we were told? I felt like in Richmond it was just like, ah, oh, it's a foot thing. Yeah. So, blah, blah, blah. So stress fracture left foot, so who knows when he'll be back, uh, which is a thing. Uh, Carrick Felix, I'll be 100% honest, I, I just haven't seen enough. We'll get a chance tonight to see what he can do. I covered a couple of college games of his, if I remember correctly, at ASU. Uh, Kyle Fogg as well. Wow, who, who is playing for the Long Lions this evening? Yes, yes. So I don't know. To me, I would either say and Sloan, you Texas A and M game. Wow, yeah. look at you. Uh, University of Washington had a home and home and home, home away home with uh, Texas A and M. Look at that. Uh, who knew? Um, we'll have to get more about Todd's uh, life on this podcast. So is a nope. Oh uh, no, come on. That's a good. Uh, <laughs> we should like yeah. Tell, 
Todd Tidbit, what, tell us one thing about your life that we don't know. And now we got that. You've got for Donald Sloan and Kerry Felix. So uh, to me, it would either be stay the same or go with a 14. And I only say go with a 14 as sort of that, well, keep it open and, and see what happens. I'm not saying that's like ideal. I mean, hey, spend the money. I mean, why not? But I mean, I. Uh, right. The thing is, they have no financial flexibility anyway. So you're the. If you, if you, if you leave it open and. Uh, I agree with you with the go with 15 or leave the spot. But just that spot, what is that spot going to become considering your lack of financial flexibility, you know? Well, I mean, so you have – because because you have – you can play with – and if assuming Robinson is back soon, you can bring those guys up. They only mm-hmm. – the deal is they can only be up for 45 days over the course of the year. Right. But at least then you have the spot. I mean, otherwise it's hard to see, like, how much it would take for either one of them to get up, even with Markeith Morris out. Sure. I mean, they wouldn't be playing, so it's hard to see, like, why would they ever play? But, yeah, anyway, I mean, I hopefully they use the spot. I prefer they, you know, whatever spots they give you, use them. But I would, at this moment, I would be just surprised if it's Donald Sloan or Kerry Felix. I did ask Brooks, again, I'm curious what you think. I was like, do you think it gives, do you think it gives a veteran a better chance this year because you have the two-way guys, whereas last year, seemingly, you wanted to go with the younger players, even though they didn't play all year, does it give a guy like Sloan and Felix better chance to make the team because you already have your minor leaguers over here? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, that's a great question. And then proceeded to not really give me much of an answer <laughs> um, on that. But uh, you know, I think that's that, that would be maybe the one thing to, to give Sloan and, and Felix a chance that we already got those dudes. And if you and like if Sheldon Max, the 14th guy, mm-hmm. then you, that's three just like you had a year ago. But now you can use this one spot to have a veteran just in case. Yeah. yeah. In case of emergency break glass situation. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I would say this, that we're talking about that spot tells us where we are with the team, right? You know, we're not in this stage of a few years ago. of So they have Wall, Beal still hurt and hardly playing. What is Otto going to be? Gortat's here. Nene's here. You know, and what the hell else is going on? down the line. So um, I think that's interesting. It speaks volumes to where they are. I mean, the, the marquee thing is, and, and I guess let me mention this also here because Ty also not only is he the boxing um, authority on the podcast, but he's also our legal scholar. <laughs> uh, so like Brooks, you know, I realized this the other day, I don't, maybe I wasn't in Richmond every day. I don't, I don't get the sense that anybody even asked Brooks about the marquee legal situation. Today it came up only in the sense he was asked, when does he think Morris will be back? And he said, well, I don't know. He's still got the trial ongoing. And then I asked him about, you know, how often he's been talking to him. He said they've been, te- they've been texting for the last month, but he's trying not to bother him on a daily basis because clearly there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I read, the lawyers on both sides wrapped up the case on Thursday. And now I guess it's with the jury as of we're talking right before tip off on Monday. I haven't heard anything today. So presumably this will go. I would assume it would be ending sooner than later. There's a timeline. So there's a timeline laid out. If you if the Maricopa County court system lays out a timeline for the jury to render a verdict, and then there's a separate timeline for sentencing. So this could still be another two weeks, um, even though the lawyers are done. And so you have that. Uh, we and saw a tweet today also that Marcus Morris has a trainer out there with him. He's working out every day because he's away from the Celtics right. while still dealing with this. So for the longest, the reason the Morris twins are finally out there is because 
this has been going for two years, and they had previously waived their right to make an appearance in the court. And so, but now when push really came to shove, they're out there now when you're getting to this point where a jury is going to render a verdict and then there will be sentencing. So on top of that, specific to the Wizards, it's a concern is if something happens, even if he just gets probation, does the league hit him with 10 games for this? And those 10 games are going to come after they're sure he's healthy because the league will send an independent doctor down to make sure you're not saying he's healthy. He's healthy now, but we just decided to bench him for five games in a row, right. you know, type of healthy. Um, so the, the league sends an independent doctor down. He'll assess that Morris is indeed healthy to play in an NBA-level game. Um, if that's the case, then his suspension could start if there were was going to be a suspension. So now you're talking about 18 to 25 game range that he could miss. Um, considering the timeline for the recovery from the surgery plus a possible suspension. So that's a, that's a large chunk of the season. And that goes back to my point from earlier. Like even, like, even, like I said, if Beal was out or Wall was out between Jody Meeks, Frazier, I feel like they could figure something out that could get you by for a little bit. Jason Smith is starting tonight. I don't think I'm viewing the Jason Smith as a, as a, as a viable replacement, as a viable starting power forward for an extended time. But, he still may be the best thing they have. So. That's why Mike Scott will also be interesting in these few preseason games here. What what version of Mike Scott are we looking at here? The one that was just a mess personally and professionally last year? Or the one who a couple of years ago we saw him with the Hawks in the playoffs and, and I was like, ooh, this guy's going to have a future 3 and D athletic guy with a bit of an edge to him. He, I watched him pregame. He went to figure out how to go out to the court for a shoot-around. But he's used to being here as a visitor, so he was going the visitor way, and everybody had to like down stop. The hall. They're going down the long way. I was like, no, 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 go this way, go this way. Uh, so yeah, another guy to keep an eye on tonight. All right, well, good. Look, you, look, you weren't rusty. You, you came back strong. Um, good job. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, if you haven't already, but presumably you have, hit the subscribe button on iTunes. The podcasts are coming fast and furious. I don't want you to miss any of them. Uh, do that. We'll back with another one tomorrow with some thoughts on the actual game. And until then, see ya. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Long drive, long shot. Dagger!